If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello there, James here, one of your top two favourite presenters of the Eurotrip podcast. I just thought I'd pop on to say that in about 10 or 15 minutes time, you're going to hear us doing the news. And you might wonder... Why on earth haven't they mentioned the fact that Montenegro is going to return to Eurovision in 2022? Why aren't they talking about that? Well, it's because we recorded on Tuesday morning, and I'd say about two, maybe three minutes after we'd pressed the stop button, after we'd finished recording, the news broke and we thought, well, we've done it all now. So just thought it was easier for me to pop on at the beginning and just let you know that. So when you do hear the news, you understand why we don't mention it. But anyway, let's get on with the podcast. This is the Eurotrip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast. Now, before we get on with today's episode, let me tell you that today we're sponsored by the exciting new Eurovision exhibition based in Husavik, Iceland. As you know, the tiny Icelandic town found fame in the story of Fire Saga, the Eurovision film released on Netflix back in 2020. Since then, fans from around the world have wanted to travel to Iceland to see the setting for the smash hit film. Now, if the stunning scenery alone isn't enough to make you want to travel there, an exhibition is set to open in the town, showcasing the history of the Eurovision Song Contest, Iceland's participation, as well as some of the most memorable props and memorabilia from the film itself. Now, to find out more, make sure you check them out on Twitter, at Eurohusevic. But let's get on with the podcast. As Jan-Olasson always said, take it away. Hi! Hi. We 
we are Dave Okakamagnet, and you're listening to Eurotrip. I don't close any doors. I love Eurovision. I love the festival, and it will always be a part of me. That night, I found myself live on Russian state television for for Russia's Song for Europe. I said to Joe, send BBC Teenage Life. Maybe two weeks later, I was at a press conference, and I was on making your mind up. Everyone was like, Eldar, come celebrate with us. The end of filming, they put honey on my face and I needed to be, you know, sexy with this honey on my face. Hi there, my name is Martin Estudal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And James, before you go on, nice of you to join us this week. Oh, come on. You can't get to that so early on. The fact that I was just so busy that you decided alone to do the Emergency Podcast. But thank you. People love just hearing you solo. The Emergency Podcast, of course, that James is referring to, if you haven't heard it yet, is something we released on Friday when we found out that Turin was hosting Eurovision next year. You can go back and listen if you haven't already. Mark Lowen, the BBC's Rome correspondent, joined us on the podcast. Doesn't get much better than that. So make sure you go back, check that out on Friday, and just find out actually how well things go without James. So this could be the last <laughs> podcast we do together. Who knows? But anyway, it's wonderful to be back together again. We've got the band back together again for this regular episode as we start building up to Turin 2022. Yep, so if the emergency episode wasn't enough to get you up to date on all things Turin 2022, uh, then we've got another Italian guest for you today, Cristina Giuntini. She's the president of OGAE Italy. We'll be catching up with her again to find out what the mood is in Italy this week. And we've got another of the Eurovision class of 2021 as we get their reflections on everything that happened in Rotterdam. This week, it's Jean-Guy McCroy. He, of course, represented the home nation, the Netherlands. And here's something he told me in the interview about a touching, heartwarming message he received when he got home. When I got home, there was this letter on uh, on my front door and it was from um, my neighbour. It was a very personal message about how he connected to the song and how he was talking about it all the time and that it really inspired him and that it showed him that it's okay not to, you know, to be to be different. Lovely to hear that from Jongu, but we've got all that and more to come. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. Sounds very exciting when you say that, doesn't it? The build-up to Eurovision 2022, as we mentioned in the intro there, now that we finally know that we'll be going to Turin in May next year. James, the Airbnb's booked. Are you excited? God, I'm so excited now. It's been so long, hasn't it? We're normally used to host cities being announced August, September time. Italy, of course, do things a bit differently and leave it to the beginning of October just to keep one tender hooks. But great that we finally know where we're going and a country and a city I've never been to. What about you, Rob? A country you've never been to? You've never been to Italy? Never been. So it's going to be a first time visit for me in May next year. Presumably you have been to Italy, but not Turin. I've been to Bologna and I've been to Florence. So, of course, with Bologna being one of the candidate cities, I both wanted it to go there because I've been and it was great, but I also wanted somewhere different because not been to Turin before. Very exciting. I only got more excited about it after Friday's episode, speaking to the guests that we did. One thing that is more exciting than anything else, however, is the Airbnb sleeping situation, which I think may involve me and you sharing a bed. 
Oh, what a dream that is. It's an upgrade, is it, from the the, uh, the last time I think we shared a room together was the infamous bunk bed situation. We've now upgraded to the hopefully king-size double bed, is it? I've got some bad news for you. It's not a king-size, it's a queen-size, which I think is a bit smaller. So be a little bit more cosy. So me, you, will be very friendly by the time we get to the end of Eurovision next year, that's for sure. What a dream that is. What a dream. Um, Shall we, just trying to get the image of us two sharing a bed out of people's minds now, I'm going to try and distract them with something else. Shall we look back at last week's episodes? Good to be back with the the main episodes, the usual format that you're used to after we did the contest and me, of course, over the summer. Uh, Fergus on Twitter, he's at Unique Fergus, great username Fergus. I don't Uh, know any others, to be fair. Well, that is true, actually. I don't know any more Fergus, so maybe he is, he is the one and only. Uh, so, Fergus, thanks for getting in touch. Uh, he said, another great show. Have to agree with the Black Mamba that they deserved so much better this year. Well, a 12th place finish is pretty decent for Portugal. Uh, well, but- it is. I mean, some would say their best ever Eurovision result, wouldn't they? Some people would say that. Some, <laughs> Yeah, did you have to bring that up? And also, I presume you've got a tweet on your end from somebody else who... Uh, who called me out on that. I did, yeah. Uh, thank you very much to Timmy Dusepois, as I'm calling him, which is a great name. Uh, he tweeted us, after he'd done a half marathon, he said, managed to finish my very first half marathon yesterday. I think this was over the weekend. Two hours and four minutes and 21 seconds. Well done, Timmy. I'd do it in about two days, four <laughs> hours and 21 seconds. Christ. Uh, he said, struggled through by listening to Eurotrip podcast. Thanks, guys. Although you did make me laugh. Especially James Rowe, who uh, almost made him fall over by claiming that Black Mamba was Portugal's best result since the 1990s. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to live that down, am I? Although I did explain where the error came from so if you listen going how on earth did you think that go back and listen it was after the interview with black mamba i did explain my reasoning behind that uh but thanks tim for uh calling me out on that one uh, but also a couple more tweets jamie thanks for getting in touch saying so glad the euro trip is back i missed it so much well we missed it as well it's good to be back looking back at 2021 looking ahead to 2022 and pete as well at pete of the north on twitter saying great to have the boys back with the euro trip was really trying not to engage with eurovision until the new year though well sadly pete here you are we're going to be with you all the way through until may next year yeah bad news pete got a lot of weeks between now and turin and me and james will be intruding on your weekly podcast listening between now and then. So apologies for that. Uh, Laura, she got in touch. This was about Friday's episode as we got the news that Trina be hosting Eurovision, the special episode. And James, you put up a great video of Mark Lowen when he was chatting to me. And it was a history of Turin in just 70 seconds. Well, Laura quote tweeted it and she said, really brings back my A-level history. It's quite niche A-level history to do the history of the northern Italian city of Turin. <laughs> Italy's first capital. I mean, I don't know. I did the Second World War in my my A-level history. So Turin didn't really come up very often. But each to their own, I suppose. And Laura, thank you for listening. Indeed. And if you are listening now thinking, oh, God, these sound naff. These two sound abysmal. Or these two sound fantastic. And I love what they're doing. Please do get in touch. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Or to send us an essay about how much you love us so much, uh, it's hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. You 
know what this means by now. It is time for the very latest news from the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. Very quickly before we get to that, if you're thinking that actually Robin James do sound a bit different this week and you can't work out why, well, there's a couple of things. We're recording in the morning, which we never do, and we're probably quite slow creatures, usually, I would say. You've had a black coffee, I've had a tea and a banana, so we're just about waking up, but you're welcome, everybody. And also, I'm recording somewhere completely different, because I'm on holiday, but I still wanted to join James on the podcast this week, because, as we know from last week, some of us are more dedicated to this podcast than others. (laughs) Yeah, you don't trust me alone is what you're trying to say on that one. No one I, to be honest with you. But you are in a single bedroom in the Lake District and you've got a you've got a creature with you. Wow. <laughs> in my bedroom. A creature joins me live from my bedroom. Yeah, James is right. I'm on holiday in the Lake District at the moment. Uh, just me and my parents. It's like I'm 12 years old again. It's nice though. Uh, I'm in a single bed. So again, like I was, uh, like I'm at home. And yeah, on the bedside table, which is what I'm currently balancing the microphone on, I've also discovered there's a wooden rabbit. There he is. I think he may be Beatrix Potter related, but if any of you want a wooden rabbit, maybe we can auction him off. Actually, that means I'm going to steal him. I'm not going to, if anyone's listening, I'm not going to steal him. Anyway, Eurovision News, should we do that? Let's do that. I mean, there's only one story dominating the headline, so I hope you've found something else in and around the world of Eurovision over the last seven days. But uh, I'll let you uh, take it away, as they used to say. Very good. Nicely done. Yeah, we will get to Turin a little bit later on in the Eurovision news. There is mention of it. But we're going to start with Greece. And 25 artists have reportedly applied to take part in Eurovision 2022. It's expected that Greece will choose their artist internally via a jury, although we expect a national final may appear for Eurovision 2023. We can't talk about Eurovision 2023 already. Uh, The artists in Greece who apparently have expressed their interest in representing the country are Elias Kozas, who represented them at Eurovision 2013, uh, Konstantinos Christoforou, who has already represented both Greece and Cyprus at Eurovision, uh, the most recent winner of The Voice of Greece, as well as Evangelina, who's been put forward by Greek and Cypriot record label panic records now over in serbia apparently over a hundred songs have been submitted to their selection process the broadcaster rts are aiming for around 30 songs to compete in their televised selection now here's your turin klaxon over in the host city of eurovision 2022 the italian media are reporting that the euro village will be based in the piazza san carlo now that square took on a similar role during last year's atp tennis world tour finals so get looking on your map see where your hotel or your airbnb is and just see how far away you might be from the eurovision village Last week, Dami Im cast more doubt on whether she wants to return to the Eurovision Song Contest, having previously announced plans to return. You might remember James asked her about this when we spoke to her back in January. Now, she's been talking about it again. She, of course, was due to take part in Australia Decides 2021 before the show was cancelled, and now says she isn't sure if she's ready for another big commitment like Eurovision. In Paris, the steering group of the Junior Eurovision Song Contest and executive supervisor Martin Osterdahl have visited the venue of December's show. The delegations were given a tour of the venue for the contest, La Seine Musicale, as well as the French capital. And finally, Daddy Freya and Gagne Magnid's Eurovision 2020 entry, Think About Things, is to feature in a video game. It's going to feature in Just Dance 2022. So, James, get your dancing shoes on. 
honestly, the next time we see each other, which I imagine may well be in Paris in December, shall we bring Just Dance along and have, have a little bit of a competition between ourselves? I think we definitely should. I reckon so. I mean, it'd be one way to keep warm. We were talking about our trip to Paris earlier on and we said, there's one thing we'll definitely guarantee from that trip. It'll be quite chilly. <laughs> It'll keep us warm nonetheless. Thanks for the news as well, by the way, Rob. Loads there. What did you cover? Greece, Serbia, Paris, Iceland. You covered quite a lot there, including, of course, Turin in Italy. I think we've said it about 600 times already on the episode. Turin, of course, is set to host Eurovision 2022. And we have to speak to another Italian to get some more update on how that's going, how people are feeling in Italy ahead of their first hosting of the contest in over 30 years. Now, you may remember back in May, we spoke to Christina Giuntini. She is, of course, the president of OGAE Italy, one of my worst things I have to say, because every time I try and say OGAE, I seem to struggle. But both times so far, it's gone fairly well. As we said earlier on, just call it a fan club. Just be so much easier, wouldn't it? Just call yourself the Italian Eurovision fan club. Honestly, it would make things 10 times easier. But we spoke to her back in May, in the days following Monoskin's victory in Rotterdam. And the first question I asked her there was, how do you reflect on their win at the contest? So I thought, a few months have passed, so let's start with the very same question. Now that we are in October, the summer has been and gone. Christina, has it now sunk in that Italy has won the Eurovision Song Contest? <laughs> oh my God. I really can't tell you how it feels because I'm still so confused after our victory. <laughs> I mean, and then, uh, as you know, uh, uh, I will play a small role in the organization. Uh, I think of the Eurofan Cafe, but we'll see. And I am already going crazy. <laughs> I really, I, I, I really feel overwhelmed by uh, by all the things that have happened so far. We will do our best. Uh, <laughs> let's see, but I'm really, really, really confused. <laughs> I can tell by your voice you're a little bit frustrated and so stressed by the whole occasion. Give us an, an idea about what it's been like for you as the president of OGA Italy over the last few months, because I imagine you've had so many new members wanting to join. It's true. We've had uh, a lot of requests. And, uh, well, <laughs> it's quite stressed as well because it's... Uh, it's getting quite like a job and uh, okay we had so many requests and we are trying to uh, to welcome everyone because uh, we uh, you know our purpose is to get people to know the Eurovision Song Contest uh, as good as possible and to make new friends uh, and to enlarge our community so we are very, very happy about new members uh, and wanting to join OGEA Italy. And it just shows, doesn't it, the, you know, the amount of new people wanting to join. It just shows what impact Monoskin and an Italian win at the contest has had on people in Italy. Give us an idea about overall about the impact of Monoskin's victory in Italy. Huge. Absolutely huge. Because um, Monoskin are really really loved by young people 
and they are on every newspaper, every magazine, every website. So Moleski winning the Eurovision Song Contest has really driven everyone crazy. So this is very, very important. And it's not so common for Italy to have international stars like them. Shall we talk about Turin? Of course, we got the news last week that Turin is the city that has been chosen for Eurovision 2022. Now, I know you're in Florence and you would have ideally liked to have seen that. That would have been great news for you personally. But how do you react uh, to the news that Turin is the host city? Uh, Well, it's a great city. Uh, First of all, I think uh, they have the best organisation. Uh, they are used to such events, so they will uh, handle it, um, I think, in a great way. And also Turin has a lot of artistic beauties, but it's not really the, the first city you would go to if you think about Italy. So uh, I suppose they could do with a bit of touristic promotion. They have lots of beautiful things to see. And uh, maybe people will discover them. I mean, going to the contest or watching the contest on TV and having a look at uh, what you can see in Turin. You always think of Turin like uh, something like Milan. You think of this city uh, as a place where you go to work. But it's more than that. There's more to that. You know, uh, I think that people who come to Eurovision, come to see it live. We'll have a great experience as well in visiting the city and visiting the surroundings. Uh, And I think Turin will surprise everyone. Well, I, for one, am very excited to see what Turin has to offer. It's certainly a city that I'd love to go to. So hopefully uh, when May comes around next year, we can make that happen. Um, In terms of other things that are going on in Italy at the moment, as people try and find out what they can about the organisation of Eurovision 2022, people are looking at the hosts, the presenters of the actual shows next May. We've seen a couple of names floating about. Mika is one of them. Alessandro Catalan is another one. Uh, Give us an idea from your perspective about those two as potential hosts what do you think why not i mean uh someone say but mika is not italian well but i mean i would consider him italian because he's been living in milan for a while he speaks italian and so why not i i mean he is is so Mm, how do you say so lovely it's great i mean he, he knows about music he knows how to to host an event i've seen him live he's so such a nice person and such a he has a charisma and that's it and alessandro kaplan uh, i mean he's he's hosted quite a lot of TV shows uh, is fluent in English, and that's very important, I think. Well, let's wait and see. Can you give us any other names? Are there any other names that are in the back of your head or that maybe I don't know and maybe maybe some of our other listeners don't know, but maybe in a few months' time when they announce the host, we'll go, ah, that's who Christina said on the podcast. Have you got any other, <laughs> any other ideas? Mm, uh, they were speaking about Chiara Ferragni. I think everybody knows her. She's an influencer and she's Fedot's wife. Uh, 
I, I think she would be good as well. Or maybe Emma Stokolma. Uh, someone will remember her because she was uh, uh, she was in Tel Aviv with uh, with our uh, with our ride with our television and she did a good job I think uh, with those uh, she made some clips uh, for the afternoon programs uh, and she was great and she could be good as well or maybe who knows maybe some singer I would love for example say Tiziano Ferro he hosted uh, uh, a music show some years ago, he was perfect by me, and he's really, really fluent in English because he lives in London. So my high would propose his name. Why not? Well, who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. And if any of them are right, we'll come back and say, well done. Congratulations, Christina. You were the one who was correct. <laughs> now then, one last quick one from me. Give us an idea about uh, how busy or how stressful your life's going to be over the next few months leading up to Eurovision next year. Presumably, it's going to be very busy. You're laughing at me already because clearly you're very stressed already. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I think it will be uh, something between heaven and hell. Heaven because in Italy is heaven. But hell because it will be hell for me. <laughs> Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's got the fingers tightly crossed that everything that you've got planned over the next few months and weeks and all sorts goes to plan. Christina, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure we'll chat again before Turin, but thank you again for joining us today for a chat. And thank you for having me. It's always wonderful to chat with you. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Now, of course, we'll be hearing from another of the Eurovision class of 2021 in just a second. Jongu McCroy joins us on the podcast, and we'll get to that shortly. But first, this week's episode of the Eurotrip is brought to you by the exciting new Eurovision exhibition based in Husavik, Iceland. The setting, of course, for the Netflix film Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga. Now, the exhibition opens this month before the big opening next March. And if you scroll back in your podcast feed, you can find out a little bit more about it in our episode we did about two weeks ago to find out a little bit more. But first, each week, we're going to do our best to teach each other and, of course, you a little bit of Icelandic. Now, last week, of course, we had the word flugvoller. James, can you remember what flugvoller means? Fingers crossed. Did it mean airport? It did. So if you're on your way back, after going to the exhibition, you could ask somebody for directions to the Flugvoller, potentially. Now, these are all, hopefully, words that you might find helpful. James, it's your turn this week. What word have you got for me? So, the word I've got for you this week to try and figure out. I think it's a bit of a difficult one, but uh, let's see how you do. My word is Ligubish. Ligubish? Which also doesn't look like how it's written down either, but I promise you that's at least how the Google Translate lady said it. <laughs> Which must be accurate. Ligabish, I'm going to say, is a lovely delicacy in Iceland, which is uh, some sort of stewed cabbage soup. <laughs> well, if, uh, if I saw you ordering this in a restaurant, I'd be thoroughly amazed if you could even take one bite out of it. Because it's not a dish. It's not something you would order in a restaurant. It is, in fact, the word 
for taxi. Of course, you probably would need one of those or a few to uh, shuttle around uh, the island that is Iceland. Uh, and, and that's the word. Let me say it again for you. Uh, Ligubish. So you could get a Ligubish to the Flugvalar. I did make it deliberately to tie in with last week's word. We'll, we'll have a sentence by the end of uh, the next six weeks or so. So it won't be that useful, but we will give you one sentence in a few weeks' time. Anyway, set you next week. You'll get another very helpful, or less so, as the case may be, Icelandic word. However, you definitely should make the trip to the Eurovision Exhibition in Iceland. We keep saying it opens this month. It opens on Friday, which is very exciting. Who knows? By the time you listen to this, it might already be open. Now, the exhibition includes a history of Iceland at Eurovision. There's also another dedicated fire saga room featuring props from the movie. And then the cherry on top of the cake. This exhibit is opening in a few months' time. It's a room dedicated to Eurovision itself. It's a Eurovision fan's dream, isn't it, this sort of place? And even more excitingly, they are after contributions from you as well. So if you've got any pictures of any of your favourite Eurovision memories, maybe a trip to the contest or you meeting an act, then you can send them over to Eurovision at Husevik.com and you could be featured in the exhibition itself. How exciting is that? Uh, and also make sure you uh, check them out and follow them on Twitter. They are at Eurohusevik. Now then, let's get back to the podcast. You are listening to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast. We don't just say that because me and James think it's the world's favourite Eurovision podcast. We know it is. We know you're out there listening. We know that you take the Eurotrip with you wherever you go. Maybe you've gone for a walk. Maybe you're having your dinner. Maybe you're ironing some clothes, as James's grandma often does when (laughs) she's listening. Hello, James's grandma, if you're listening once again. It was lovely to see you last week. If you uh, didn't listen to last week's episode, James's grandma just appeared in the back of his little sh- video screen that I'm looking at him on there. It was lovely to see a little face. What, did you listen to the episode? Do you know? Well, I don't think so, given I've not had a WhatsApp message from her yet or a phone call or anything. So uh, maybe, maybe in a few weeks' time. I think she's a bit slow at listening to that. I think she's got a few to catch up on. So in a few weeks' time, maybe she will well have listened. And she, I don't know. I don't know if her heart will take it, knowing that she's on the podcast, you know. <laughs> She's going to binge the podcast. Like some people binge Netflix shows. Your grandma, she binges episodes of the Eurotrip, which is which is fair enough. Maybe you do at home too. Maybe you do at home too. Don't forget though, as well, if you want to get in touch, we are at Eurotrip Podcast, Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, we'd love an email. Hello at EuroTripPodcast.com. Maybe you're going to get in touch about this week's big guest. Because, James, last week we heard from the first of the class of Eurovision 2021 that we spoke to. I think it's a Eurovision there. <laughs> Eurovision was the word I was trying to say. Who was... James, remind me, who did we speak to last week? It was the Black Mamba. Yes, it was. Portugal's best result since 1994, as we all famously know by now. <laughs> great, <laughs> great to hear from uh, Pedro and Miguel, uh, who were joining us live from Lisbon. Well, not live. You know what I mean? It's a podcast. It can't be live, but you you get what I mean. It sounds good, doesn't it? But this week, we've got another act from the grand final of Eurovision 2021 up in in Rotterdam, over in Rotterdam, down in Rotterdam, across. (laughs) I would say, geographically, what I mean, you were talking down and right. Southeast. Southeast of us. Yes. Anyway, that's irrelevant, isn't it? That's right, everybody. It's Jean-Gu McCroy, someone who definitely should know where the Netherlands is geographically based because he lives there and was representing them at Eurovision in 
Rotterdam. Now, when James spoke to him before the contest last year, I was very taken with his bright yellow jumper, which unfortunately he wasn't wearing for this interview. That makes it sound like he wasn't wearing clothes. He was wearing clothes. He was just wearing a hoodie. He, uh, he'd chosen comfort, I think. Now, it was brilliant to speak to him because, of course, there is so much to talk to him about. We had a chat about what's still to come from him. He's got some new music coming out very, very soon. We also reflected on that difficult moment in the grand final. Of course, he was one of the four acts that got nil point from the televoters as well. But he gives a really lovely answer to that and is very, very grateful for all of the support he received at Eurovision. But I started by asking him, how he reflects on the contest, but also what he did immediately after Rotterdam's edition had concluded. When Eurovision ended, I told my management that I wanted like the whole summer off because I just really needed some space to relax and just to let all the pressure and the stress just, you know... um, leave my body and just enjoy a summer of um freedom and 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 just enjoying enjoying rest and in in that period of time when i was like relaxing a wave of inspiration hit me actually the way it did like when i you know before your vision you almost forget what it's like to make music without pre- without like the pressure of like a competition and like everything about that. But it was like, it was just creativity was just flowing in a very natural way. And I connected with a friend of mine who, who I've known since um, I moved here uh, in 2014 and we just started making music. So right now I'm yeah putting the finishing touches on my third studio album. I'll ask you about the the new single yeah. as, as as well a little bit later on. But you mentioned almost how how liberating it was not to have the pressure of a competition because of course you you had yeah. that for you had that for two years. So yeah, yeah. how how difficult was it to have that kind of over your head for for such a long period of time? Well, how difficult was it? It was like Eurovision was many things at the same time it was amazing I enjoyed every second of it it was um and I was so thankful that it actually happened at the time that it happened because what other events you know international events um at that level were happening in the world like the whole world was still dealing with the pandemic and in lockdown and everything and we got to experience that and that was a very special thing and it was also because because it was postponed you know the moment we were in Rotterdam it was it's just everybody was so full of enthusiasm and excitement and and my team was so passionate about everything so but it was also of course like <laughs> lots of pressure um to deal with um and I got through it because of my team um because they were so um I felt very looked after. I felt very um, safe. I felt very uh, loved, actually, by, by the team also. But and we and we had a good time. Um, but like I'd forgotten how like how it was, you know, um, because Eurovision was like not one year but two years. Yeah. And what about the pressure as well of of being in that unique position of being the the home representative? You know, of yeah. representing the the host nation. That must have been. Both, as you say, amazing, but it's a lot of a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility as well. It's a lot of responsibility also. Um, I think the thing that helped is that it, 
was in my home country and you know the people working at the venue the audience um everybody was like from home and that felt like a like a warm hug every time i stepped on the stage and there was like and there were people who were rooting for me and it it actually uh inspired me to um yeah just 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 work even harder for hard, harder for it and 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 to um and it reminded me how of how special it actually is to represent a country pressure but also uh, a very special and unique experience we we talked to to obviously a lot of a lot of the artists at, at the time and we talked yeah. about how rigorous everything was and you know just how intense you had kind of testing and bubbles and and everything like that how do you look back on that time now you know it's it's probably all a bit of a blur getting tested however many times you did a day and being in the hotel room for however long you're in the hotel room like honestly it feels like it was like 3 years ago <laughs> you know right um actually i um was back at the venue in rotterdam uh, just a couple of weeks ago to um because I was in the jury of the Junior Song Festival uh, uh, national rounds here in, in yeah here, and um, it was very it was very nice to be back. It reminded me a bit of like you know that whole you know machine of like going into the bubble and then testing and then the way to the stage. Um, uh, it's just really nice memories. Because all of all of the artists, of course, of 2021, because you all had to go through the same thing, but it was so different to other contests that yeah. come before. Do you think that bonded you closer? Mm, you know, one of the things about this Eurovision experience that um, that I maybe thought, oh, that's that's a pity actually, because everybody was so um, because everybody was in their bu- their own bubble and um, everybody was afraid of getting infected by the virus and especially when like the virus started spreading you know i i feel like i didn't really get to make a really uh strong connection with everybody on a personal level um i, get, I didn't get to make friends and i and that's the only thing i thought that, that i'm yeah that yeah that i think of as like oh that's too bad but like like the last day like the day of the of, of the final um i think that was the, the the time that everybody felt more together and especially like after they 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 announced the winner Manuskin, there was this moment when like the pressure of the competition and 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 just the, the competitiveness like um fell away and there was this moment where everybody was like walking up to each other and hugging each other and like you know giving each other compliments and 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 that that was one of the most um touching touching moments for me because it was like oh yeah we did we did this right we were part of this and that was yeah that was a really nice moment switzerland has got from the public The 
was, of course, as well, a really special moment of camaraderie, probably one that you, you, you didn't want. But on the night, it was a really special moment between yourself and Blas and James and also Yendrick oh, yeah. as well. After yeah. the after the televote results came in, which, of course, was not yeah, yeah. the result you wanted. But it was it was incredible to see the way that all of you reacted to the news. Yeah. Well, yeah, because. Mm, How do you look back on that now? Oh, I haven't. I I realize now that I haven't really um, looked back at that moment yet. But um, um, it it was. Mm, I think I, I I did see my my reaction to to those results back like shortly after, and I think that I reacted um, from just you know a place of gratitude, like even though. It wasn't what the pub the the public um, uh, appreciated, like uh, it what it it it. I still got to do it right, and I still um, still you know I still gave it one hundred and ten percent. I still and I still you know I'm still very proud of 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 of, of the my entry and all of the because I know all the hard work that everybody puts into it. So. Um, and I think that's always a good way to deal with, I guess, setbacks or things that don't turn out the way you want them to. We move on to the Netherlands. The Netherlands, you have received from the public zero points. She's saying, hey, like, you know, I did my best, right? You know, and I'm, you know, that, that's, that's, that's all you can do. And, it, and, it, and at the end of the day, it's a competition, right? So, you know, there will be a winner. There will be people who, who, who don't win. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just part of the deal. <laughs> Presumably, it doesn't take away from your love for Birth of a New Age because no. it was such a, a brilliant song on the reaction and, and its importance as well was just yeah. brilliant to see as, as the weeks went on and after the song was released in March. So you must feel so, so much love for the song that you created. That's, yeah, really, I, I really feel a lot of love for the song. And I, I, you know, I've gotten so many personal messages. When I got home, there was this letter on, uh, on my front door and it was from um, my neighbor who has, uh, who was mar married to a, a, a Syrian refugee, and he has, and they have little kids. And it was a very personal message about how he connected to the song and how he was talking about it all the time and that it really inspired him and that it showed him that it's okay not to, you know, to be, to be different or to, okay to, you know, and it's just to, that, that message of self-worth um, really, um, touched him and it was amazing because like it's a nine-year-old kid but like there are lots of of those kind of messages that I that I that, that you know that that found their way to me and you know that that's the thing I appreciate most most and and you know it's 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 the way you value you know some things like of course you know it's it's amazing to get like that recognition and that love from the masses but you know, um, the the smaller 
gestures of appreciation are also worth a lot to me. We are the fruit, adorning the legacy of every forgotten revolutionary, born in resilience, proud like a lion. We are the birth of a new age. You moments like that that make everything that is so difficult about being an artist worthwhile because you know of course for every brilliant moment people see on television or when people go to your concerts there are so many more moments where there's difficult times as well so do those moments just make it all worthwhile yeah I would dare to say that that that's the reason why I make music to connect with people and is it that sort of inspiration that you've now taken away and, you know, have done previously and will continue to do with with the music that, that we've got to look forward to coming up and, and the tour and, and everything that we've got to, to expect from you in the future? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, my mindset is always to create um, and not think too much about it because um, I believe that, like, if I create from a feel, from feelings that are authentic, authentic to me and the more the more honest I am with what I create um, the more universal it becomes like, like that's like a songwriting um, uh, like philosophy that I, that I that I really agree with is that if you want to if you want it to be um, universal you have to go even deeper and you have to be more honest um, so that's what I'm doing now but it was it was really this summer creating music um, it was just this wave of, of inspiration that that also gave me lots of lo- a lot of energy to keep making and that was it was actually a long time ago that i that i felt that type of creative energy um so everything is um everything is it's not it's not forced it's just for, made out of passion and for the love of music so i'm right now in the like the finishing touches and i don't have to remind myself like okay but don't let the perfectionism perfectionism take over because like you can always you can you can always almost ruin something by wanting it to be perfect um but people want to hear stuff that that that's real so that's that's uh, what i'm trying to do <laughs> Well, it's very exciting what what we've got to look forward to. Tell us a little bit about what we've got to look forward to because there's the tour, but but also the single that's out in in November. I don't know how much you can tell us about it. Ooh, how much can I tell you about it? Um, so um, I already have like two studio albums on my name, and this is the third. And I'm actually going back to my roots because um, I usually have a very soulful so- sound and that's this album. It's a very warm, romantic, um, dreamy sound and it's it has good vibes. It has also has some darker parts, but in general, it's like, I, I want it to be an album that you, because it was written in the summer, that you put on, on a warm summer night and you're just laying in your bed and just looking out of the window and listening to the city sounds and um, just just drifting off. And I think that's the kind of vibe I was going for. Um, and I can also say that the, the, the first single is a collaboration with an artist that I really enjoy. Um, 
really really appreciate and really admire um, here and he's, he's from the Netherlands oh it's a he but <laughs> uh, I can't reveal too much yet but um, yeah and the album is coming next year in the spring so you're 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 just the man that keeps giving we get a single we get a whole album it's very exciting <laughs> yeah no yeah yeah what, what i also found out found out you know found out like was also like um reaffirmed to me is that you know i just have a, I, I have a creative soul so i'll, I'll always keep making um uh, the 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 stuff you know then the music is going to come whether it's for uh, eurovision or whether it's for like just what I want to make, it's it's always gonna find its way to, yeah, yeah, it's gonna, always gonna find its way out. Yeah. Your association with Eurovision continued, as you said, you were one of the judges for the the junior Eurovision uh, Dutch selection, of course. What was it like to? You, you've already mentioned what it was like to be back in the arena, but what was it like to be back within the Eurovision family for for the junior contest this year? Oh, it was really nice. It was it was um, uh, it was I always. I always enjoy watching like young kids um like pursuing their 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 dream their their passion their dreams like it's like uh, it reminds me of when I, when I was like a teenager and like oh I have this dream I want to stand and you know I want to be on a stage and I want to sing in front of people and um also impressed because like when I was 13 14 years old like you know I had to overcome a lot of stage fright, you know, to get to that point of like, you know, standing there and standing strong. Cause like, I think there, there, there are not a lot of people who knew me when I was like a, a teenager who thought that I was going to do this one day, but you know, it's, it's very, it's very inspirational to see these kids just going for it. And, and, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. And are you are are you able to pass on any advice as well? Of course, they're going to Paris in in December yeah. for the for the contest. So, are you, are, have you been able to to pass on any any advice from your own experiences? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, we 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 gave them feedback and just like during the show, like so, you know, you have to enjoy it. Just just be in the moment. But like the the girl that that's going to represent us, uh, Ayana, um, she was she had difficulty with her voice on that day and. Um, Honestly, we couldn't really, we didn't really notice. So if they didn't say anything, we wouldn't notice. And I, and I told her like, that's a good thing. Like, you know, if you can stand there and your voice is not 100%, but still, you know, put put something uh, still, um, and still, you know, get to that place where you, where, where you, where you emote and people are touched, you know, just do that. And, 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 and you know, who knows, you know? And, this is something that everyone's going to want to hear. Is that the end of your association with Eurovision going forward? Or who knows what the future holds for you in, in Eurovision? Uh, who knows? Who knows? It's like, I, I, um, it was an amazing experience. And I, I, I'd love to see other people also, like, you know, getting that chance. Because it's, 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 it was amazing. I'm not, I'm not ruling it out completely. But like, for now, I'm just focusing on what I... On, on my own stuff and my own music and my my band who I haven't um, played with that much in these last two years um, but yeah who knows never say never but like not not now or in maybe <laughs> I don't know maybe you're writing for somebody else I don't know maybe maybe, maybe writing for someone else um, but we'll see I don't know I'm focused on my own 
stuff right now. So let's finish with that then. As you said, you yeah. focused on your own stuff. You've had a summer of inspiration. You've got the single, you've got the album. Yeah. What What would you like to say to, to all of our listeners who, you know, have been with you, have been supporting you and are just yeah. excited to find out what you've got in store? Thank you for the support. Also during your revision, of course, um, I could not respond to every message on social media. So um, I don't know if 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 you if you're someone who sent me a message and thought, oh, I'm disappointed that he didn't respond. I try to read everything, and then and even and even if I don't, you know, I I feel very lucky and supported by um, yeah by by your support and your warmth and i hope you like the new music <laughs> jongu thank you so much for for chatting to us it's been brilliant to have you on the euro trip thanks for having me this is the euro trip jongu mccroy on the euro trip and surely you agree rob and you listening at home that he has got to be one of the most likable and wholesome artists who have ever graced the Eurovision stage. He just comes across so, so well, doesn't he? It's impossible not to like him. Him and Mickey Joe Hart, I reckon the most wholesome acts that have ever been on the Eurovision stage. It's not often you hear Jean-Guy McCraw and Mickey Joe Hart in the same sentence, but both lovely people and so nice to speak to Jean-Guy again. I'd like to speak to him every week, like a therapist. He's just got one of those nice sort of calming, relaxing voices that just makes you feel better about the world. And lovely to get him on. And don't forget, he's got a new single out next month in November. New album coming in the new year. So it's going to be very, very nice to hear new stuff from Jongu. Maybe we can get Jongu's new single on when we are on our way to Paris for Junior Eurovision 2021. I'm not entirely sure how that would make any sort of sense. But is it you just saying because you like you think you like the song or just do you not listen to music when you travel? Oh, I thought you meant it, we had to play it on the podcast for some reason. Not necessarily. We can if you want. Yeah. I feel like I just misunderstood what you were saying. I feel like you misunderstand a lot of things, for goodness. I might well, do also, a podcast on my own again. Well, also, it's just easier, before. isn't it? Well, are you going to try and let me get my excuse in? It's no, probably past, not. It's ten past nine in the morning. I'm not. It's not, that's not, not late. It, well, it's early. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, gosh. Anyway, should we try and wrap up today's I think what I meant to say is, yeah, it's not early. You're a student, aren't you? That's the problem. I've got you up before nine o'clock in the week. (laughs) Oh, dear. Should we do the one second song? And should I try and do a better job uh, explaining what that is for new listeners than you did last week? Yes, please. I think it's probably best that we we head towards the end of this episode because we're just bickering like old women at this point. Let's do it then. The one second song. Loads of you know what it is by now. But if you're a new listener, it's the part of the show where we take them turns to play each other. The very first second of a Eurovision song. You've just got to try and guess the four points available. There's one for the artist, one for the song title, one for the country it represented, and one for the year it took part in the Eurovision Song Contest. And it's me playing a song this week. Rob, are you ready? I certainly am. Slightly apprehensive because it's been a while. You got back on the bike last week with your first chance to guess the one second song. You got it correct. You got all four points. I'm not sure I'm going to do the same, I'll be honest with you. Well, there's only one way to find out. So for you, Rob, and you listening at home, of course, here is this week's one second song. I mean, I don't think we need it twice, to be honest. We can have it twice, James, but I've already got it. The four points are coming my way. Oh, really? Is it that easy for you this week? Oh, absolutely. 100%. No shadow of a doubt, this is four points. I may be embarrassed. I might cry if I'm wrong. 
but I think I've got it. Well, for those who are a little bit less confident than you, let's hear it one more time. Now, you're going to think this is strange, but you could call this a premonition. I was humming along to this very song on a walk just two days ago. You're kidding. I'm not, and I don't know why. I don't know why it was in my head, because I don't even really like the song. But it was in there somewhere, which has been very helpful when it comes to guessing this week's one second song. Do you want me to do you want me to go in with the answer? Yeah, let's not wait any longer. Go for it. Now I believe this is the Netherlands 2009 uh De Toppers with Shine. Sadly, well, sadly for me anyway, you are indeed 100% correct. Well done, Rob. There are so many words right now in this world. There are so many things not right. There are too many people hurt in this world. There are too many men that fight Time is not to make the change Time is on our side Love will make us glow in the dark So open up your heart Are you ready for a brand new start? People let your light shine Let the darkness fade Look at us, two weeks in to the new series, if we're calling it that, I don't think we are, of the Euro trip, and uh, both of us getting a full house of points on the one second song. Gonna have to try harder. Honestly, if you rewind the clock by a year, if you scroll back in your podcast feed, if you're a new listener and don't quite know how bad we used to be at this, go and listen to some of the early episodes and find out how, just how bad we used to be at the one second song. It was abysmal. I think it took us until about December last year for us to get our first points. Honestly, it was it was ridiculous, but we've come a long way since then. Normally, as well, recently we've uh, when we've been doing the one second song, it has been tied to the episode in some way. I think it's fairly easy to figure out the uh, the tie it has to this week's episode. Do you wanna have a guess at that as well? Oh, you're gonna make me lower to you're gonna make me go down to that level are you okay sure yeah Jean-Gu McCroy represented the Netherlands and so did De Toppers in 2009 is that it but of course one of the hosts this year in 2021 everybody's was... favourite Jan Smith of course of course for, you, for those who don't know he is a member of De Toppers which all makes a lot more sense so it's more clever than you thought it was originally I was watching, for the purposes of my interview with Jongu, some of Eurovision 2021 the other day, and I think I've come to the conclusion that Jan Schmidt is my favourite Eurovision host of all time. There's just something very likeable about him. He's great, isn't he? Actually, the whole the whole team this year was a great hosting lineup. Maybe. Should we, should we try and get on the phone to some of them, see if they want to join us on the podcast in the coming weeks or so? I think we could. I'll take any of them. Chantal, Ed Cilia, Nikki, Jan, any of you. If you're listening, come on. I'm amazed you remember them all, actually. Well done on that, honestly. You were getting halfway through and I thought he's going to forget one of them here. But no, well done. Well done for getting through them all. And speaking of well done for getting through it all, well done for you listening at home for getting through all of today's episode. It's great to have you along all the way through. Uh, of course, we'll be back again 
next Wednesday unless some dramatic breaking news happens again and Bob happens to hop on again this coming Friday. Um, so until we're back with you again, you can get in touch with us, of course, at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. It would be great to find out whether you were as good as Rob on this week's one second song. So do let us know how you got on with that. Certainly would. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we'll be joined again next week by another of the Eurovision class of 2021. Hopefully. At the moment, that is very TBC. But stay tuned, I would say, for that, because it'd be exciting to see who we're joined by. But we also do have a backup in case that doesn't happen. And that is a very exciting backup who I spoke to many months ago, many moons ago, uh, that we just haven't played yet. So that could be very exciting to find out who that might be. But they don't know they're a backup, so don't (laughs) tell them. We are delighted to have them. And they may be here next week, but who knows? But until then, it has been wonderful to join you. Thank you for being here. You may have heard me attempt to fill James's role and tell you the three things you need to do at the end of last Friday's episode. And I forgot one of them. So, James, remind us what does everybody listening need to do? Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and rate us five stars. And from me, James, this week, It's goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's goodbye. I might do it very quickly here at the start of the news. Yeah, let's do that, actually, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I might bring the rabbit into it. (laughs) Just a sentence you don't want to hear. (laughs) Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.